Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So just today I want to share a message with you that I've entitled Trust Fall as we're continuing in our series of uh, Inside Out. How's your soul doing? So what we're going to start off the morning with is, uh, in a minute, I'm going to have everybody stand up. You're going to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to trust that you're going to catch me when I fall. We're going to do all those falling. No? Yeah, because some of you are looking at the person you're sitting next to and going, I sat next to the wrong person today. You should have sat next to one of the children. It would have helped out a lot. But uh, no, I, re- recently I had an opportunity a couple weeks ago to do something I thought I would never do. It was one of those things that, you know, I, I'd kind of grown up thinking about. My dad had always told me, please don't ever do that because it's just stupid. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, the, somebody's already laughing because when I say stupid and me, they go together. So when, you know, when the opportunity presented itself a couple weeks ago to go do this, I thought, you know what, my, my, my dad and everybody around me is going to think I'm an idiot, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I got the opportunity a couple weeks ago to go skydiving. So I got, I got invited out. Yeah, that was like, some of them were like, ooh, some like, ooh. So I got invited out. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Golden Knights. They're the armies. Oh, these guys, those men and women, keep them in prayer. They're serving our country greatly, but these guys are awesome. I mean, they do this for a living competitively. They're just everything they do about it's awesome. So, you know, I had this opportunity to go out there, and they invite so many people out here once in a while, usually for, like, celebrities, dignitaries. But lo and behold, one of my buddies has a connection on the fire department, and they invited us out and gave us a few spots. So I said, why not? Let me go jump out of a perfectly good airplane for no reason whatsoever. So we decided to go out there, and we're going out as a crew. There's, like, eight of us going from the station. So already, already the adrenaline's pumping. The trash talking has started. We're waiting for the first guy to chicken out and back out because we're going to just ridicule him to no end. Sometimes I put the Christianity on the side just for a moment. So uh, just at the firehouse, just with the guys. So we, we load up in the truck in the morning. We all drive over to the Air Force Base, and we're sitting there. And, you know, they, they greet us. They're awesome when they get there in the morning. And, and they said, hey, the first thing we're going to have you guys do is come into this classroom. And I'm thinking, okay, so we sit down, and there's some papers in front of us. All right, before we start anything, do me a favor. Just start, just to sign and signature those waivers. This is three pages worth of waivers of how I'm not going to sue them if I die. <laughs> this is not a good start. I'm not trusting this much at all. So that's the start to the morning. So we sign all these waivers, and, you know, we don't ask too many questions because we might actually back out. And then we go through the whole thing, and... You know, we're, we're sitting there, and they take us through a little class to try and make us feel better that, oh, don't worry. If the one chute doesn't open, it's no big deal. There's a backup chute. Okay. Well, of course, what if that one fails? Don't worry. There's a computer chip in it that, heaven forbid, if one of us passes out, it'll still open up. Okay, cool. Well, what if that fails? If all else fails, don't worry. The instructor will probably be okay because you're going to be underneath them when you hit. So that made me feel good. So <laughs> I, I, I was glad to know that, at least they're going to be okay, maybe not me. And, you know, I always remind myself and I tell people, you know, but, but man, you're going to get hurt falling out of the plane. I'm like, no, 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 it's the fall that doesn't hurt. It's a sudden stop when you hit the ground. That's, that's what messes you up. So, so anyways, we go through and they put us in these cute little jumpsuits and we're looking good. And, and you know, they, they put these harnesses on you, but, of course, with no parachute. And, you know, of course, the, the instructors are joking with us. They're like, dude, there's no parachute on your back. Why, why are you getting in a plane? At that point, I realized that's when I knew my wife paid them to take me up there. So... <laughs> I love you. Remember, forever, forever. So at any rate, so we, we go through the whole thing, and they give us the class, and, and slowly but surely, you know, we're starting to gain a little more confidence because I don't care if we want to act tough. Inside, we're a little nervous and everything, but you can't show that in front of the other guys because we're just going to hammer each other. So we're going through the whole thing, and finally, 
it's crunch time. It's time to load in the van and go down to the plane. And they actually, it was cool because they even made a video for us and everything. So we're, we're going down there, and, and we get down to the, to the runway. And, you know, we're getting ready to get on the plane. And then all of a sudden, you know, now it's like, oh, snap. I got a choice. I either get in the plane or I don't get in the plane right now, but this is it. So we get in the plane, and we're, we're going up. And, and the whole time, they're talking to you. Yeah, that, that was my nervous. Oh, yeah. Um, so... You know, so, so we're getting in there, and you go on the plane, and they're climbing up. And the way it is, they describe it as fantastic. We're going to take you two and a half miles above the earth. We're going to open the door. We're going to throw you out of the plane. And you're going to come screaming back down at 120 miles per hour, and hopefully the chute opens up. So, you know, at this point, it's like, all right, so you're on the skid. You ain't got no choice because guess what? He's pushing you, you know. So, and then out you go. So, you know, you got no choice. You're going. So, and then I said, I heck with it. I'm going back in the plane. Forget that. So, Jesus was with me right there. I defied gravity. So, at any rate, you're going through this whole thing, and you're screaming down to earth, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was awesome. It was awesome seeing the earth coming at you really fast, and you're waiting for that chute to open. You know, and, you know, the, the air's in your face. I know what a dog feels like in a car now, because the air's just blowing in your face, and you can't really breathe that much, and, you know, and, and you're screaming back down, and the houses are getting bigger as you go down, so you're like, okay, they, everything's coming into sight, but let me tell you what, it was an awesome experience, but let me... Th- I started realizing when I'm going through this whole thing that what a matter of trust this was. I sat there, and I I analyzed it later because in the moment, once again, me and stupid things go together. I just got in the plane and said, hey, let's go for this. Let's do it. But then later on, I realized, you know, I completely put my life, the security of my family, and the well-being of everything in the hands of these men and women. I really didn't think a whole lot about it, but I trusted them that they knew what they were doing. I trusted them that they were going to hook up that harness right. Because let me tell you what, if they left a couple of the hooks of that harness off, I would have kept going while they, yeah, don't worry. In case you were wondering, I did land safely. Looking like a 1920s football player with that leather beanie on my head. So, so that's a good look. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'll wear that one day. So, and everything. But I thought about it. What a matter of trust this was that I put everything I had into their experiences. I put everything I had into the fact that they were going to get me down safely. And I thought, how does that correlate with our soul and our life with God? You know, I was willing to trust these people literally with the fact of not getting me killed. But yet, do I give that same amount of trust and even more to the God and my Savior? So when, when, when I think about my soul, when I think about the health of my soul, when I think about the strength of my soul, and I think about the well-being of my soul, how well am I attached to God? You know, just like I was in a tandem jump with these people, do we have a tandem soul with God? Are we hooked in completely? I mean, I can tell you right now, the one thing I got out of experience, in case you didn't notice, I know what a baby feels like in one of those baby carriers in the front, because I'm strapped to the front of this person, they're walking you out, you got no choice but to go where they tell you to go. I mean, it puts you in a weird spot when they bend you back, but, so I know what that feels like now. But it was that complete control that I had nothing to do with any of that. So if you want to start flipping your Bibles to Isaiah 43, that's where we're going to get our teaching verses from. You know, I thought, what a great opportunity for us to sit here and think about how much do we trust God? Do we have that trust? Do we trust him in that trust fall? Would we be willing to say, I'm willing to jump out of the proverbial airplane. I'm willing to go for it, God. You know why? Because I trust that you're going to get me to the other side. I trust that you have the plans for me of what's going to happen. And I may be a little scared. I may be a little excited. But I'm going to jump because I have that complete and utter trust in you. So if you're there, we're going to start up in Isaiah 43, picking up in verse 1. I'm reading the New King James, but it'll be on the screens for you to read along. 
And it reads, But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed. Yes, I have made him. You know, I love the book of Isaiah. It makes you feel like you want to go out and just hit something. You know, it's, it's, it's a warrior's book if you've never really read it. But when you, you read that and you're sitting there and over and over again, God is saying, you are mine. I have made you. I have formed you. I am yours. I have loved you. He gave Egypt in your place. All these things to sit there that we can have that trust in him of how much he's given for us, how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, how much he thinks about us. And when we read stuff like that, I don't know how we can't help but have complete and utter trust for our soul in God and what he's going to do in our life. So when we look at that, I just want to go over, you know, three quick points. It won't take too long of your time. I know uh, we're going to have a beautiful day out there to enjoy. But the first point I want to look at tonight, if you're taking notes, or this morning, sorry, I'm off. So if you're taking notes is, an attached soul won't hold you back. It can set you free. You know, so many times, I, 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 when I was giving my life to God and, and when I talked to other people, the, one of the first things you think of is, oh, okay, I give my life to God. I'm going to have to live by all these rules. I'm going to be attached to him, so I'm going to have to lead this boring life. And he's going to control everything I do. And he's going to tell me what to do. And he's going to be in charge of everything. And we can take it almost like a negative connotation. We can look at it in a bad way. And we can say, but yeah, but Rich, if I attach my soul to God, now he's in control. You're absolutely right. And thank goodness he is. Because if I look back on my life, any time that something really bad happened, 110% of the time, it was completely my fault. It was completely me taking control and me taking over. When I look back over the years of when my life has been placed in God and he is in control of my soul and my actions and my being, it's been beautiful. It doesn't mean the world around me is going good, but the time that I am with him is beautiful and strengthened. And the thing is, I think that we can take that thought process and think, yeah, but Rich, he's in control now. I can't do anything. You know, it's, I don't have any more freedom. I can't go out and what? I don't know party, drink, do this, do that, do bad things, do stupid things. I mean, we can't do all these things that we think are great. Is that a problem? Is that really good? I mean, what good have come of those things? So when we sit there and think, you know, how does God's freedom come from attaching us to his soul? Well, using the skydiving instance, I'm attached to this person. And at first I thought, oh man, everybody asked, well, did you jump out by yourself? Well, heck no. I ain't that stupid. But I, 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 Okay, not that, well, not that much. Um, so I thought about it. I said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm attached to this person. They're in control of everything. So yeah, maybe the excitement of me controlling the, the, when I open it up and this and that. But what would have happened if I didn't open it at the right time? Or what would have happened if I didn't hook up something properly? Or what happened? I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought, I got this and I'll take care of this. And I was in control of that. But during that jump, I was excited. Why? Because I wasn't thinking about anything else other than the fall and the enjoyment of it. I didn't have to worry about when to open the chute. 
I don't have to worry about, well, I mean, in the false sense, if something went wrong, I would be worrying, but still wouldn't be in my control. But I didn't have to worry about anything. I just got to enjoy the ride. I got to sit there and look around and, th- and look at how beautiful our city is from two miles above the earth. I got to think about how awesome it is I'm flying through the sky like a bird, well, falling. But how awesome it was, I didn't have to worry about a thing. That was actually freeing because the guy on my back, you know, you see in the video, he's moving his hands around, he's doing this to keep us flying. I'm just like, hey, you know, I have no clue what's going on. He's behind me controlling everything. And I didn't have to worry about a thing. And I think that made the ride that much more enjoyable. I think that made the time that I was there that much better because I'm like, hey, you know what? Buddy, you got this. I'm just along for the ride. And we do, do we do the same thing with God? Do we attach our soul to him and not do it in a negative way that, oh my gosh, you're going to control my life now. You're going to tell me everything to do. But instead, you're going to control my life now. You got this. I'm going to follow you. And I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy what you got me doing. I'm going to enjoy doing ministry. I'm going to enjoy sharing your word. I'm going to enjoy telling people about you. And I'm not worried about the outcome. If this person accepts you through me, I'm not worrying about that. I'm just going to enjoy the ride and do what you told me to do. And that strengthens our soul. That makes us stronger inside. That lifts us up. Because when we realize that we are not in control, that we don't have to take on that burden, he tells us his burden is light, that we are to put the things at his feet, take up his yoke, take up his word, take up his work. Let him worry about the stresses. Let him worry about the outcome because he already knows it. And what a difference that is when we can do that. It actually sets our soul free. And, and, and it's, just, it's just one of those things that I think we don't get a grasp of. That once again, if we look at God in a negative way, if we look at God at this, as this controlling person rather than this caring person, when we look at God as wanting to push us down rather than lift us up, we can have such a perspective that can totally skew the view of God that we have. Don't see attaching yourself to him as a burden. Don't see it as a holdback. See it as a thing of beauty to let you go. You know, and, and you know, when, when you think about that, it, there's so many things in life where if you sit back like, and enjoy, like, okay, I'm sure most people in here have been on a plane, okay? If you don't know what you're doing, do you want to fly the plane or do you just sit back and think, the people up front got this, I'm in charge, you know? You don't even ask, do you? I never have. I've just gotten on a plane. You know, the person jumps in the cockpit. It could be Bob from down the street. I don't know. He put on a hat, played dress up, and got in the front of the plane. I'm sitting back, nothing to worry, talking to my wife, and we're flying, you know? Until that plane starts coming out of the sky, we're good. But yet we give that trust to so many things. We put our lives in others' hands and don't even realize it. Are you a passenger in a car in Miami? You are putting your life in somebody else's hands. And not even the person in the driver's seat. It's to the unlicensed driver next to you that has no clue what they're doing, doing an Instagram selfie with a duck face (laughs) and posting it while they're crashing into you. So you put your life in other people's hands all the time. But we do it without even thinking. I don't know how many times I've been on on calls or something like that where something horrible has gone wrong, and it wasn't because necessarily the person that got hurt did it. They were trusting somebody else in what they were doing and got hurt out of it and didn't even think twice about it. But yet we hold ourselves back so many times from truly surrendering our soul to God, for truly giving all that trust to God and everything. Why? Why would we not think that he has anything but the best in mind for us? Why would we be so afraid to do that? Why would we be so afraid to surrender? 
Because the honest truth is, when you decide to get in that car, when you decide to do this, it's a decision you're making, and for some reason you see it totally different. But you're still trusting somebody else with your life. You're still trusting somebody else with your outcome. And if you view it from anything else than that, then, then you're, you're blinding yourself. Learn to attach yourself to God. Learn to give it up. In fact, in, in Psalm 73, picking up verse 23, it says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Are we attaching ourselves to God? Think about that example with the skydiving, that you're attached to him and he's carrying you around in that little baby Bjorn thing. It's not an insult to you. It doesn't mean you can't do things in life. And I think that's half the problem. Our ego keeps us from surrendering to God. I think so many times that, you know, I like to put that imagery up because I like to really put it in your mind. Well, I ain't no baby. I'm not going to do that. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I got this. Yeah, you know what? We are babies because, you know, if any of you have kids, what happens when you tell your kids to do something, they don't do it. They do it again, they mess up. They do it again, they mess up. And we keep doing the same thing. We tell them, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. We're no different from God. Don't do that. Okay, God, I got you. We go do it. Don't do that again, Rich. I, I, okay, God. We do it again. We are babies. We are children. We're just older with money and we can do more damage. So, but when, when you take the ego out of the equation, when you take the fact that, that you think you can handle everything, because I don't want to attach myself to God. I don't want to look like you did as a fool with somebody walking me on their back and walking me around like this and squatting like that to jump. It, yeah, you know what? I thought that was a great image because I had absolutely no control there. Because at that point, whether or not that guy could push me, the cameraman was going to shove me out. They said, look, you know, you pay for the fall down. The flight up is free, so, you know, we're going to shove you out anyways. And that's how it is with God. Attach yourself to him. Sit there and let him take you where he's going to take you. Think about it. Was the experience, the danger, or anything else any different just because I wasn't the one pulling the cord? Was there anything different? If something went wrong with the outcome for both of us from 13,000 feet when we hit the deck, would have been any different. I just would have been a little flatter because I was on the bottom. That's it. That's the only difference. So what's the problem with giving your life to God and attaching your soul? He never said you're going to sit there and have an easygoing life. He said you were going to have trials. I mean, in James chapter 1, he, we're even told, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You're going to experience life no different. You're going to go through the same ups and downs as you would if you didn't attach your soul to God. The difference is he's in control. The difference is he's our commander. He's our leader. If we think of it in the sense of like military, if you're going into war, do the guys on the front line have any different experience, what color badge they're wearing, what? it don't matter. They have a general that's telling them what to do, and they're going to do it. But they have somebody backing them up. We're no different with God. He's going to send us into battle. He's going to send us out into the mission field. He's going to send us out to do great works. He's going to put us in the middle of things that we never thought we would do. So it's not going to be a boring life. Trust me, it ain't. It's just we are not doing it alone. We have him with us. We have him in control. So attach yourself to him. Get yourself in line with him. Let him run things. It actually is so much less stress when you do. Trust me on that. So moving on to our second point, 
is let the portrait of your soul tell the love of God. You know, I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, not only the experience of it all, but they made that cool video and they took a ton of pictures and they did all that. And it's great because now I can come back and share with my family because trust me, the, the day I did it, I couldn't wait for y'all and the kids to get home. I already had the DVD and the, and the player. The TV was ready to go. I'm going to show you this was cool because we were so excited, me and the guys. You know, we're typical guys. We got off. We're chest bumping. We felt like punching something. You know, we we're just excited as can be, you know. I know guys are dumb. That's what we do. We're, we're, we're Neanderthals. So I was ready. Why? Because I get to take this cool video and say, man, look what I did. Look what I experienced. Look what I got to do. How many of us have Instagram and Facebooks, and we're always telling the world what we're doing? You know, whether it be driving in the car, whether it be going to a good experience, whether it be getting dressed in the bathroom for some reason. I don't need to see you getting dressed. You know, nothing personal. I don't want to know what you're wearing in the bathroom. Show me when you're out to dinner. You know, and, and please don't do selfies while you're driving. It's just, just crazy. But yet, we love to be able to take pictures. We love to have portraits and videos to show the world our experience, to show the world what we've been through because it's exciting. Look where I visited. Look what I got to experience. My life's better than yours. I got more likes. I got more friends, you know. I got 5,000 friends on Instagram. Name them. I don't know. Hang on a second, then you open it. You don't know. Come on. But we love to show the world our life through pictures and portraits. And why is that any different with God and our life with him? Yeah, you know what? It may not be a selfie. It may not be a printed out picture. But what I portray, the picture that I give to other people, the strength coming from my soul when I'm going through a hard time, that is a picture that shows the world God. That is the picture that shows the strength and the love of God. We are walking billboards, and we need to understand that. We are not unwilling participants. We gave our life to God, and those of you that haven't, I pray you do. But our life is a massive billboard to the world of God. And I, I, I still don't know why he would put that in our hands because we mess things up all the time. We're, we're, we're some of the worst ambassadors for Christ, I'll tell you that. The, the word of God and the gospel is beautiful until it gets in our hands. And then for some reason, just like anything else, we have a real good opportunity to mess it up. But yet he still gives it to us, and he still gives us that responsibility. So what is the portrait of your life saying to the world around you about what God is working in your life? Are you taking as much time to sit there and work on your soul and your connection with God and your strength with God so that the picture you're putting up, you put even near as much thought into as setting up that video or whatever on Instagram and Facebook? If you take all that time to think about, let me set this up right, and let me put this right, and, and then you take, the only time you do in prayer is rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen, you know. Is that the only time you spend in prayer with God each day? You know, reality check. Do we sit there and do we talk to God? Do we sit there and do we share with God? Do we get that connection going with him, putting our soul, God speak to me, God talk to me, I need you today. Trust me, if you live in Miami, unless you work out of your house, you have to drive somewhere. Talk to God. It's okay. The person in the car just thinks you're on a Bluetooth. You can look crazy. It's all right. You know, if you're sitting there, and God just talked to me. Wow, that must be a good song. That guy's nuts. It's okay. But how do you spend your day talking to God? Do you take the time to prep your soul? Because that is where our strength 
emanates from. It's from when God makes our soul strong and healthy, it'll make us strong and healthy. So when we show the picture to our friends at work, when we show the picture to our family members, when we show that picture to other people in this house, what is the portrait that we are delivering of the strength of God? You know, I, I, I see so many times, and, you know, I catch myself. I mean, I may have the only one. I, I have bad days every once in a while. You know, and we can let things get to us. We're not perfect. I'm not saying we have to sit there and do everything just right, and we're never going to have a bad day. We're never going to go off on somebody. You know, I tell you, I definitely don't have those moments where I can't do it. But do I then take a step back? Take a moment. Take a breather. Walk away for a minute or two and talk to God. Not to myself, because then I'll justify what I did. You know, even if I feel guilty, I'll say that I was right for what I did. But do I put it to God? Do I go and attach myself to the harness of God and say, all right, we're going to walk back into that room, God. I'll be in the front, but you're walking from behind. You got me on this. How are we going to handle this? What is the portrait that I want to give? Because I don't care what justification I give to myself. If the message that I am sending to somebody else does not bring any glory to God or show his strength, then I messed up the delivery. Then my soul got it completely wrong. So any time that we are dealing with that, and any time, don't be afraid to take a step back. Once again, don't let ego get in the way of God's work. So when we are attached to him, when we were showing that portrait, I want it to be a beautiful picture. Would that be a picture that a ton of people would like because, you know, everybody likes those and shares those because you're in a beautiful place that I'll never be able to visit because I can't afford it, you know, because I got three kids that I love. Um, and suck the life out of me. I love you guys. I love you guys. So, but no, it's, it's you know, when you like those pictures and people share those videos because it's cute with the kittens on the vacuum cleaners and all that stuff and all. And, but why do people like to see those? Because it's happy, it's go lucky, it makes us feel good. Well, that can be our portrait of our soul. When you are going through a tough time, you may be a little sad, but you may be able to come with unbelievable strength, not from yourself, but from God within, that the people around you are going to go, I like that. I like that. I lose it if I can't pay a bill on time because I had a bad paycheck, and I go off the rails, and I think that my life's going out of control, and I can't think I control. And this person's going through a tragedy I can't even fathom, and yet they're strong. Why is that? Blink, I like that. I like that picture. I want to know that. I want to share that with other people. And our portrait can either lift up the name of God or you could put some horrible pictures out there. I mean, for photographers, imagine if anybody's a photographer. I know we got some here. If you go to do an event for somebody, if you're, you're, you're the family photographer because you got voluntold, I'm going to be the family photographer, and you take all these pictures, and at the end you finally go on the computer and you throw them up there to see what they look like, and every single one's blurry, out of focus. You focused on the hand, not the face. You got the little kid who was standing in front going like this, not the person. All of them are messed up. Then the portraits and the experience that you wanted to show people and share with people is ruined. The whole thing of, yeah, it was a great time. Oh, yeah, let me see the pictures. They're all bad. I took really bad pictures. I messed it all up. So when we're sitting there and people are going, so what's your experience with God? Blah, 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 blah. You just gave out a bunch of blurry, junky pictures that ruined the moment. Whereas instead, if our soul is attached to God, if our soul is strengthened through God, then when we're going through those tough times, and yeah, I may be down, but I'm not defeated. I may be kicked, but I'm not beaten. I'm going to step back up. And then those pictures can show people, holy cow, I don't know what they got, but I like it and I want some of that. It's not because God's any less. It's because the vessels he chose 
can be less. We have to choose the pictures that we're going to put out there for the world. We have to choose the portraits that we're going to show the world of the love and the strength of God. You know, in Psalms 9, verses 1 through 2, it reads, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Is that the picture that we have for the world to see? Do we have a soul that sings to the praises and the glory of God? Do we lead a life that shows other people we serve the God who spoke the universe into existence? That we serve the God that gave everything for us? As it said in Isaiah, he loves us. He gave nations for the people that he would one day call his children. Do not forget that. Don't ever let that go. Rejoice in his name and show that to the world. Put a picture out there that lots of people are going to like. And don't make it a selfie either. So, well, I talked about, you know, attaching our soul sets us free. Talked about having, you know, that good portrait of God. But, but what, you know, what about in life with the experiences themselves and what we deal with? And that brings me to my third point, which is a new experience for you doesn't mean a new one for God. You know, so many times, you know, I've never had those moments, but so many times in your life when things aren't going right, we ask the proverbial question, one of the biggest questions I think God's ever heard. Why, God? Why am I going through this? Why am I going? And, you know, sometimes it is a a bad thing you're having, and sometimes it's just a pity party, and you want God to listen to you whine. Because, you know, the one thing, not in a bad way, but the, the awesome thing about God is that He's always there to listen. You know, my wife, my kids, my friends, they can walk out of the room. But God will always listen. Take advantage of that. Once again, in those moments when you're in your car and you look crazy talking to yourself, let me tell you what, God's not going to go anywhere and you're not either because you're stuck there. It's so freeing sometimes when I'm going through a bad experience to just blah and puke it out for God. And you know what he does? He goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, that would be me at least. I mean, put yourself in his perspective that he's been around since the beginning of time, before time was time. Do you think he's heard a little bit of whining over the years? Do you think he's heard a little bit of, oh, but God, why? But I mean, I, I give credit to him. I will never understand him. When I'm one day bowing at his feet, I'm going to say thank you for just being who you are because I would have tuned people out like immediately. I, I have a threshold. You know how it is. People are talking to you and they're whining to you and you're just sitting there going, Mm-hmm. You are thinking about what dinner is tonight. You're already, fo- you're already zoomed. I mean, I don't do that. Trust me. So when you're talking, and you know what's going to happen is somebody's going to be talking to me, and then I'm going to sit there and go, really, really? And they're like, great. Well, you're, already, you're already thinking about dinner. Don't worry about it. So, but we can do that, that we have that, that, that tendency to zone out when we're going through these experiences or we're talking about it. But so many times when we go to God and we tell him, why God this, and why God that, and why God this? And how about this one? For all of us that love to throw pity parties, no one understands what I'm going through. Nobody. Nobody's ever gone exactly through what I'm going through. Yes, in the billions upon billions of people that have walked this earth over the thousands upon thousands of years, you're the only one to go through that thing. I hate to burst your bubble. We're not that unique. I don't care what our mommies and daddies told us how special we are. You're not that unique. But I think that sometimes we can take the experiences we go through and we actually have the audacity to sit there and throw them at God as though he doesn't understand. 
as although he's never seen these experiences before. There's no way God's going to understand what I'm going through. So why would I trust him? Are you kidding me? Are you seriously thinking that God is not one seeing all these experiences just because of his time on the throne watching us? Or even better, do you not think that he has seen the fruition and the end of that experience before he ever even orchestrated it to begin? Always think, you want to blow your mind? Try and think like God because you're not going to be able to do it. To think that why am I going through this experience, God? Why would you put me through it? And he's just up there sitting, at least I would be. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. Can you just wait and be patient? Yes, I know. I don't want to say I told you so, but if you sit back and wait, oh, uh-huh, okay. Okay, yes, I know. It's, your, it's the worst experience you've ever been through. The only one. I get it. I get it. And do we think that God does not understand our experiences? Do we allow our soul to be so beaten down and downtrodden that we sit there and we pull back from the love of God and we pull back from the strength of God because there's absolutely no way that he can understand the experiences that I'm going through. This ain't his first rodeo. He's seen it more than once. You know, I always remind guys at work when guys get frustrated when we have one of those bad days and we get that, those calls all day long, haven't eaten or anything, and then you get that last call at 3 in the morning and you're exhausted, you're beaten down, and it's not a real emergency call, but maybe to that person it is. I always remind my guys and gals, especially some of the younger ones, they get frustrated with that. I say, hey, this is your 15th, 16th, 20th call of the day, whatever. It's their first. We've experienced this before. They haven't. Maybe they're just scared. Maybe they just need a little guidance. Maybe they just need somebody to tell them what to do in this situation. It's no different with God. You don't have to try and figure out everything. When you are attached to God, when you put your complete trust in him, when he frees you of all those burdens because you can have that faith in him and that strength in him, then he can sit back and say, don't worry. I know you're scared. I know it's the first time you've been through this experience. It's not mine. I've seen what's going to happen. Have faith in me. Have trust in me. And he'll get us through. In fact, in John chapter 16, whenever we think sometimes that, you know, God may not know everything that's going on, Jesus talking to his disciples, and they finally clicked in and said, Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you believe? Indeed, now, indeed the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will be, leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So how is it that we can sit there in those experiences, that we know that we have this Jesus that loves us, we have this Jesus that saw everything for us, and yet our experiences are so horrible that I'm not going to give it to him, that I'm not going to trust him, because he doesn't know what's going to come out of this. Even the disciples that walked with him eventually realized, holy cow, this guy knows everything. There's nothing that he does not know. And that was when Jesus walked in the flesh, both God and man, and he was able to reveal that to him. And when we have him and God both, the triune God, working in our life each and every day, and yet we still want to sit back with some of our experiences and say, God, I don't think you got this one because you would not understand this. And he's like, are you serious? In Jeremiah 1, we are told that he knew us before we were formed in the womb. 
God already said, if you read in the scriptures, he will get us safely to the other shore. Why? Because he knows when we're going to land on that shore. We don't. He's already seen it. So when you're going through hard times, when you're going through troubles, let it go. Give it to God. Attach your soul to him. Set yourself free. Let it go. Put your life in his hands. Let the portrait tell the world of how great and how awesome it is. Let the experiences you go through not pull you down, but be an opportunity to lift you up. Because although I'm not in this, Lord, I'm not enjoying this right now, I may not be able to count it all joy right now. I'm going to count it all joy because you're going to get me through. Because you've seen this experience, you know how I come out on the other side, and you're going to push me through. So I encourage you guys, give it all to God. Let him have it all. Put it all in his hands. He's not going to hold you down. He's going to set you free. Give your soul to him. Let your soul be strengthened in him. Let him lift you up in every way. But yet some of you, I can imagine, may not know that. Some of you may not have a relationship with Christ. Some of you may be sitting there going, I don't know what you're talking about, Rich. Trust me, the portrait of my life right now that I give to the world, nobody wants to share it. Nobody wants to like it. Nobody wants to see it. It's not even blurry. It's just horrible. I have no trust right now in anything. Maybe you don't know that there is a God in heaven that wants to have your complete trust. There's a God in heaven that gave everything. Maybe you've been told your whole life that you're not worth certain things. Well, I tell you, you're worth everything. Because if Jesus Christ was willing to come down in the flesh to die for you on a cross, your worth is more than you can ever imagine. Not because of who we are, but because of what he did. That we are worth everything. That God would do that for us. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. If you don't have that relationship with Christ, if you don't know God like that, if you don't call him Father, if you have not ever received Jesus Christ into your heart and taken that relationship with him and asked for salvation to forgive you of your sins, you can have that in a moment. I'm just given the opportunity. Do you want to be able to let go? Do you want to be able to set free? Do you want to give your soul strength beyond what you could ever fathom? Because you can give your life to him and let him be in complete control. Knowing that no matter what happens in your life, that one day you will end up in heaven singing and praising to the creator of our universe. So if that's you, if you've never received Christ into your life, if you've never had that relationship, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Anybody else? Let it go. Just set it free. God bless you guys. I see you. God bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. He just wants to love you guys. He just wants to be the, your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer right now. I'm going to ask the whole church to join in. This is just a prayer of salvation and confession. It's not to me. We're all going to do it together. You're just talking to God right now, and you're letting it go. So we're all going to say, Dear Lord, thank you for my life. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for just dying for me. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. And I want to call you Savior. I invite you into my heart. And I want to walk with you all the days of my life. It's your precious name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's give it up for those people. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.